0: On this week's episode, the future of DC is changing. The Game Awards highlights the best in gaming, and it's part two of our holiday gift guide. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. multiverse this is gerald glasser from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and if you can please give us that five star review wherever you listen to our podcasts plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football the lakers fast break Vampires and vitae Wild Beyond the Witchlight with Wizards and Wine, and we'll tell you what if you do not subscribe now, you're missing all the fun and all the action right there for you at Wizards and Wine, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, and Vampires and vitae Plus, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com and all the great things that we do at Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source on Facebook. In fact, we updated our Game Source Facebook page with the latest news and information coming from the Game Awards with all the Great information with all the the latest videos, the hot videos right there for you, plus Pop Culture Cosmos covers the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day right there for you, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Plus, we have a ton of hours in the archives of the great tabletop RPG action that only we have. And And if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend, She is the mastermind behind everything that we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos and Tabletop RPG Action. She is making her list and checking it twice. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at Vampires of Vitae, along with her awesome husband, Robbie Ross. And of course, Wizards of Wine, the Wobby on the Witchlight, where she coordinates between not one, but two tables in two different countries. It is my good friend. recently celebrated her 18th birthday it is Melinda Barkhouse Ross and Melinda again you've been hard at work finishing every little aspect of your holiday gift guide I know you're ready to present it and I'm wishing you and all the people out there ready to spend their money very much a great holiday season
1: absolutely I mean, are we just going to get into this thing? I'm just going to shock everybody with the brilliance of this list or. No, no, no. Oh, okay.
0: That comes on the back end of the show where the holiday (laughs) gift guide part two, we had a great part one, Josh, you know, went off on a lot of great things that you can get out there that are a lot of great suggestions. So go ahead and check out the Monday episode. If you didn't already right there for you, wherever you get your podcast plus I threw in something I thought was really cool too at a bargain price, by the way, thought that was really good. So, We've got more great holiday gift selections for the pop culture fan in your life. Plus also as well, we'll be talking about the Game Awards and also a little bit of background stuff going on with the Microsoft Call of Duty thing as far as the Microsoft acquisition of Blizzard and Activision and all that. So we'll talk about that coming up in a bit. Plus also as well, some other great things, including also as well, the DC Universe being shaken up by the new regime right there for you. We'll talk about what big ip has a different future that's coming up on the show as well but first my friend it is the game awards 2022 jeff keely doing his jeff keely things his usual announcements his usual awards i mean a lot of uh, games that were viable or we there and representative. A lot of uh, awards were given out. You know, a lot of people thought that heading in the the smart money was on God of War Ragnarok, and God of War Ragnarok did win a lot of awards. But the game of the year, hold on to your chair, was the. I won't say it, it's too surprising, but it, it was surprising as a breakout hit this year. It was Elden Ring. Your thoughts on Elden Ring being the 2022 game of the year for the game awards
1: it makes a ton of sense honestly that was a, a video game that i did invest in haven't invested enough hours in but it's a stunning game and wide open um and uh you know very cool and yeah the the visuals on it were stunning and i'm um, you know i'm just playing it on the ps4 i'm not playing on a ps5 uh, with, you know, those new incredible graphics and stuff that Elden Ring was kind of designed for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are even aspects of, of the, the the beauty and clarity and detail of Elden Ring um, that I was missing. And I was still impressed uh, with the game and, and the gameplay. So, yeah, uh, I completely agree with that. Fantastic.
0: Uh, it is a fantastic win for Elden Ring. A lot of people were really, really excited for that because... I think it was coming in probably around second, I think, as far as the betting is concerned. A lot of people had it really high up there. I think people started taking notice because of the fact it was released right around Horizon Forbidden West Mm. and Gran Turismo 7. And it came out and it just bowled those two over. I know we talked about earlier this year how the popularity on that game just really took the, the the took the took a bite out of all the momentum that Horizon Forbidden West and Gran Turismo 7 were going to have basically you know rendering them as afterthoughts and look what's happened since i mean the popularity of Elden Ring all the things that are going on they're adding new colosseums as far as dlc is concerned that's coming up in the not too distant future from what i understand and it has become a phenomenon by I guess a good studio, a really strong studio, but a studio that was not as well known as the Sony's, the Activision's, the, and it's going to turn out to be one of the biggest games of this year.
1: Yeah. No, no question. Uh, I had, um, I- you know, the, the group of girls that I play with back in Halifax, they often get together and also, uh, you know, game online together. Mm-hmm. And uh, Elden Ring was one of the games that uh, everybody picked up and everybody was playing together for a while, along with Diablo 3, believe it or not. I uh, managed to talk everybody into picking up that one. So, yeah. You know, Diablo is always around when I'm around.
0: From Software really does a great job of those type of games, the Souls-like games. It really does a, a great job of those type of environments, and uh, I think it's a, a, I think it's an award that was well deserved for Elden Ring.
1: Yeah, absolutely, a fantastic game. Uh, you know, it's it's a challenging game, so it's uh, if you're just you know picking up a console and kind of getting into video games for the first time. Don't get discouraged. It is a tough one to get the hang of of controls. I found personally, you know, I'm coming from though like games where it's just hack and slash all the time. That's I love that stuff for some reason. Okay. Needed to have a, a little bit of finesse I found with the controller. Um and perhaps that's just me and my sloppy hands. I don't know, but um yeah, no, it it was a it's a fun game to play. It's challenging. Uh, great story and again just like stunning graphics stunning
0: and i think that's what a lot of people take away is how beautiful the game looks again compared to god of war ragnarok which is sensational in its own right and earned several other awards even though it did not win for the biggest award it, it did it did very well on its own and and i thought that uh, you know when Watching it, I thought that Jeff Keighley made the comment. Then went after one certain other war, another technical war, said, "Oh, it's having a great night already." You thought the momentum was clearly on the side of God of War Ragnarok, but when they announced that, I think it was a little bit of a surprise. But you know, again, it's it's been such a sensation. You know, it shouldn't be a surprise to those that Elden Ring beat out God of War Ragnarok and the other games involved as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think if you uh, were into gaming at all in 2022, then you obviously and if you played Elden Ring, I think it was just by default, at least in your top three, if not top two video games, everybody that I've spoken to.
0: Yeah, I, I stray. I don't know if stray was stray had a lot of momentum as an indie game. I know that Stray, a lot of people thought it was, it was pretty good, but I didn't see it giving that that really high score, but it was nominated, also won for an Indie Game of the Year. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, that comes from a long line of great games, so I, I'm not surprised there. Horizon Forbidden West, we talked about that. That was just an afterthought, but still, it was very highly rated when it came out and still part of the nominees for the Game of the Year. And A Plague Tale Requiem, that was also a surprise because that was a game that was rated well, but not as well as its predecessors. So I was kind of surprised that it actually was involved in the mix. I think there were a lot of other games, smaller games that should have been looked at that probably were more highly rated. In fact, the one that I actually am, am playing right now, Atari 50, the anniversary collection, that was not, that was actually, that scored high, much higher than a couple of these games on the list. There were other games on uh, that were out there that have, gotten tens that have gotten really high scores that were also ignored because of their smaller stature which again is disappointing because the game awards even though they say there's not a lot of uh uh, you know stuff behind the scenes or pushes behind the scenes just like the emmys and the academy awards uh, i think a lot of momentum a lot of pr goes behind into this so i think that also helps it out as far as becoming a nominee especially for those big awards
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that seems to be just how, uh, you know, these, some of these award shows are put together. There's again, a the campaigning and all of the PR and all of the free stuff that people get and, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. It doesn't always come down to, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, the, the truly great stuff, but, uh, you know, i i don't i just i just don't think that elden ring was a controversial win by any stretch of the imagination no
0: no but i just i just it's some of these other games that are involved as far as that are thought of by the tga panel that i think leaves me just like really you thought that was a nominee for the game of the year uh you really really it's and then you know of course god of war ragnarok people raving about that Elden Ring people raving about that it seemed like it was a two horse race in this case I think the right horse won because God of War Ragnarok is going to receive a lot of credit at the end of the year a lot of people are going to name it as their game of the year I think when it comes down to it you're going to see a lot of Elden Rings a lot of God of Wars depending on what outlet you go to seeing them very high on the list I'm interested to see exactly which games are going to be thought of in the context of, of being the best of 2022 because we don't always see a correlation between the tga winner and ultimately what game it really makes out as the number one game of 2022 doesn't always yeah.
1: doesn't always mesh yeah and they do know that's just how uh how things often go i mean you look at you know, things like the Oscars and the Grammys and the Emmys. And then you look at the People's Choice Awards and you have, you know, all of the winners and people that were nominated and and shows that were nominated, movies and all of that. And then you get to the People's Choice Awards and it's a lot of those same things. But oftentimes um, you'll see maybe a different winner uh, because the people vote versus, you know, a, a panel of critics or something like that. So
0: like, for instance, right now, everything everywhere all at once, which we absolutely love. Mm -hmm. That's going to get a big push for Oscars and possibly a best picture, et cetera, et cetera. But maybe a movie that just comes out uh, like this weekend, a movie that's coming out this weekend in The Whale, which is going to have uh, Brendan Fraser, you know, everybody pushing that for as far as a performance. But for the movie itself, it may be on a a lot of top 10 lists, but it may not be even nominated for a best picture of the year.
1: Yeah, it's it's late, uh, to to kind of land that those big prestigious things. But you know what? There is a Brandon Fraser Renaissance right now, much like we saw with oh, yeah. Keanu Reeves a couple of years ago. So, don't be surprised if that does get nominated and wins an Oscar. He
0: will. I think he yes. will. I think he's yes. he is he actually is already odds on money here in Vegas to yeah. already be the best actor. I think the movie has a bigger challenge in and of itself. So I'll just leave yeah. it at that, but. Now that that's why, what, they do, like, it seemingly like 14, 15, 200 uh, best picture nominees against, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, it's actually eight. But they expanded <laughs> it uh, when they, they wanted to include, like, for instance, let's say Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, or a movie like Top Gun Maverick that makes a ton at the box office, which would normally get nominated. They now throw that in there. That's why they expanded right. the number of nominees. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA. Check out the Lakers fast break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the game awards again, congratulations to Elden Ring on winning the game of the year. But before we head to the break, my friend, there were a lot of game announcements, which is the real reason why we're there. We're, you know, we all care a little bit about the what's going on with the, what's the best game of the year voted by TGAs. That's great and all. But the game announcements, that's there. The world premiere videos that are showcased, that's what we really want to talk about. That's what we really want to know. And we got to see footage of a lot of great games, including the new Star Wars Jedi Survivor. That's coming out on March 17th. We got to see that. That's the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. That one's looking sensational. New DLC expansion trailer with Idris Elba for Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. That's going to be a new DLC that's coming out in 2023. That looked really good. Kojima brought out a new Death Stranding 2 to showcase. So you got Norman Reedus all over the place in that uh, walking simulator. I know a lot of people were... Talking about that as far as you know, are great. We're going to go ahead and see and walk with some crates all over the place again. But hey, Death Stranding 2 officially was announced. I know Ken Levine, who is the mastermind behind the Bioshock series, he moved on to his own company and is now creating a new game which looks very similar to Bioshock. When you see this video, Melinda, you will say it's like Bioshock 4, it's called Judas. that one is coming out in the not-too-distant future. Hades 2, a sequel to the very highly acclaimed PC game that came out on consoles afterwards but really made its mark in the PC world. That is coming out as far as the sequel in 2023 in early access. You've got Armor Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. That was announced. A new Transformer game is announced. Final Fantasy 16. They. Oh, I know Josh is going to be big into this june 22 of 2023 that's when the new final fantasy 16 is coming out you got a ton of things that have been announced oh oh i'm sorry street fighter 6 tekken 8 those fighting games they both showcase their new trailers for when they're coming out in 2023 street fighter 6 is coming out june 2nd and then you got tekken 8 also coming out in 2023 my gosh it was a lot of great stuff that was that was announced. New DLC for Horizon Forbidden West. There's a lot of stuff. Warhammer for Robbie. Warhammer mm-hmm. Forty Thousand Space Marine Two. That was showcased for 2023 release. Ooh, he might like them Yeah, big time. Bayonetta Origins. That is a actually a top down scroller that looks really cool. It uh, shows the origins of Bayonetta. Thought that was kind of different. Something I wasn't expecting. Hellboy is getting a video game adaptation, so that's going to be coming out. It's also in the not too distant future as well. I know that Josh is a big Hellboy fan. Oh, oh! I knew there was something I forgot. This little indie game, <laughs> this little indie game called Diablo Four. Have oh, you ever yeah. heard of it?
1: No, no, it does not. Uh, it's not ringing a bell at all.
0: Okay, well, it, you know, I guess Blizzard. You know, this, this kind of semi-known company. Yeah who actually right now their status is up in the air because the FTC has announced that they're going to file a lawsuit trying to block the purchase of Microsoft and Blizzard and Activision, all kidding aside. And that's something we can talk about here in a sec, but I do want to announce that Melinda, uh, I sent this to her as far as the news that's coming out on June 6th, 2023. So early June, melinda barkhouse ross will not be available i just want to make that known right now because she Mm -hmm. will be playing diablo 4 this open world version of the diablo universe is really looking strong i got to see some gameplay of it i know she's going to be checking out as soon as we're done with the show it is really looking good so i gotta admit that suicide squad kill the justice league that's going to be the final performance for kevin conroy that's coming out on may 26 of next year a lot of great stuff. They did showcase a little bit of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, a lot of great stuff that's coming out. A lot of great stuff that was announced and showcased. I do have the links for a lot of this right here for you at Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source on Facebook. But before we head to the break, I did want to mention again the FTC is filing a case against Microsoft. So, your thoughts on this? Because Microsoft, of course, purchased. Activision and Blizzard for 60 plus billion dollars. They want to go ahead and get everything wrapped up by next year. There's been issues in the UK and the US about allowing it to happen. The FTC says it's creating a monopoly. In recent days, they made sure uh, Microsoft said they offered PlayStation, Nintendo, and also Steam. 10-year rights for Call of Duty to mean that Call of Duty would be on those platforms for the next 10 years. They would guarantee that. PlayStation is like kind of balking at it, has not said anything. Nintendo was very happy about that. Uh, Gabe Newell of Steam said, he, I, I know they're good. They're going to be on PC regardless. I don't need an agreement for that. I already know that they're going to be PC forever. So your thoughts on this? I mean, this is something that's been... Uh, I. I I don't think it will create a monopoly. I really don't. I think this is a lot of sour graves started by PlayStation. I think PlayStation's had the ear of the FTC and also in UK to hold this up. It's already been approved in other areas around the world. I really think that there are other large companies out there. Well, let's say Sony buys 2K tomorrow. Would that be any different? I mean, yeah, I just, it seems to me that this is a good thing for the industry if Microsoft buys a company that has a, A history of some bad issues going on as far as discrimination and really wrong things in the workplace, trying to change things for the better. I'm really disappointed that the FTC is going to try and block this, uh, and I don't know if they'll succeed or not, but your thoughts on this before we head to the break.
1: I I think that perhaps it would. Mm, no, that's not going to make any sense. Never mind. I'm going to abandon that thought altogether right now because that's bye not. Bye. Good bu- yeah, because that's not good business. I'm surprised that there hasn't been pushback before now. Oh, Sony's reveal. been
0: pushing Sony's been pushing back constantly about this.
1: Yeah, but it just like this is the first I'm I you know I I'm, I'm going to use the word actionable thing that I've seen mm. somebody really saying like no this is not I don't lo- no this is bad. I'm not going to say it's fighting the good fight because I don't necessarily agree with that either. We do know that Blizzard and, and Activision have had their their internal problems. I don't know that um Xbox buying them is going to fix those internal problems. In a perfect world, of course, it would. But I don't know that this is going to be the answer for those things. I think some of those problems are, are deep-seated issues that that really need to be looked at. And um, I don't know that this deal is is really going to change that. But um, I do think that a ten-year deal is not enough to, in order to keep everything across all platforms. I, I think that. If the purchase is going to happen, any new IPs that are created and produced through Blizzard Activision perhaps could have the option to be Xbox exclusive. But if you're carrying games now that are on across all platforms, I think those games, part of the agreement should be that those games are continued to allowed, uh, be able to be accessed across all platforms past that 10-year term. I, I don't agree with that part of it. I, I don't think that that's enough.
0: Well, I don't think Call of Duty should be, exclu- you know, should be, I, th- I think at some point Xbox should be given the right to go ahead and decide and determine whether or not Call of Duty remains exclusive or not, uh, or becomes exclusive or not. I really think they should, they should be given, you're, you're, you're basically forcing them to go ahead and be a uh, multi-platform for eternity, is that what you're asking? And I don't think that's fair. I think, I think 10 years, them offering 10 years to all these platforms, I think that's, that's good. I think that gives them a 10-year window to go ahead and create something else in case they want to say after 10 years that we're just going to make excuses. We don't even know. There might be too much money involved. We've talked about this before, especially with the latest Call of Duty release. There's so much money on the table, it'd be hard for them to even walk away from it.
1: Well, yeah. And, you know, the, the, a lot of this does come down to that bottom line of, mm-hmm. you know, how much money are you putting on the line? How much money is in the back of your Brinks truck? You know, yeah. that that really is a large part of the conversation. And that's too bad because if, for example, at the end of 10 years, Call of Duty does go Xbox exclusive, you know, a lot of, you know, tried and true, you know, Call of Duty fans are going to be forced into buying another... Uh, video game console. And I I understand that that's the point and that's why, and that's obviously part of the deal and, and all of those things. But at the same time, I don't, I don't want to buy an Xbox. I'm not going to buy an Xbox. It doesn't matter to me how much I want to play a game. Um, because we talked about it with Diablo when, when I raised the concern that Diablo was about to become Xbox exclusive. Now it's not, we know that, but, um, you know, I was not going to buy an Xbox. I don't want one. I like my PlayStation. I, I like everything that it offers. I like the way that things are set up. I like well, the way but that it works. what if
0: PlayStation bought 2K and, and controlled the rights to GTA? How would no, that be I, different?
1: No, that, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that that is correct either. Uh, you know, it could be more... Uh, there could be something different for, you know, the the if it was, let's say, the 2K stuff... Um, you could have some content be in the game Xbox exclusive or PlayStation exclusive, but don't make the entire game exclusive that way. I, I don't agree with that. I that's no, no. I don't like that. I that that to me feels smarmy. That feels like money over fans and consumers. And I understand capitalism. Please don't at me for it, but I just think that there is a level of don't stick it to the fans because you want to line your pockets a little bit more.
0: Well, no, but in essence, they're not because of how much money they would, they would sacrifice in order to make it an Xbox exclusive. Let's say call of duty went Xbox exclusive in 10, 11 years, let's say 11 years after a 10 year agreement, they would be sacrificing a lot of money by doing that.
1: Right. But what you're going to end up having is you're going to have a whole bunch of people now who have to go out and buy Xboxes. So they're still making money on the deal, down the road do you, do you know what i mean like it's not just because a, a game becomes exclusive doesn't mean that they're just not making any money all that means is the people who have been playing all of these games for years and years and years decades at that point um now have to go out and buy a new entire new console system and that is money in pockets
0: okay well again i i still think that Xbox should be allowed to go ahead and make this purchase because it does not make a monopoly just because again, GTA is sitting there laughing at this whole situation with rockstar and 2k. And there are so many other game companies out there, electronic arts, for instance, mm-hmm. 2k that make a ton of money just like they do. Epic with Fortnite, you know, they make a couple of dollars here and there. You know, Yeah. Right there. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. So there are companies out there that would, you know, In the marketplace that that preclude activision and blizzard becoming a monopoly if it was owned by microsoft i really think that the argument for that it kind of fades it's not like uh you know you you could say that they dominate the market so much they are number one with call of duty but you see how much money their their piece of the pie is very small when you consider all the other games that are selling so many so many units or making so many dollars like in a free to play free to play mode or whatnot outside of the call of duty ip that i mean this is just basically comes down to one video game series call of duty that's all it is it's not off of diablo it's not off of uh, anything else that activision or blizzard makes not off world of warcraft you know this is all about call of duty i think that's a little bit unfair i really think that is a little bit unfair but you know the ftc is going to make it difficult to go ahead and finish this transaction i know a lot of people are on both sides of the equation i've a 10-year window for a multi-platform offer i thought that was generous on the side of microsoft that allows you plenty of time to go ahead and create a game that might go ahead and replace call of duty on your platform so we'll see what happens again the bickering back and forth sony Back and forth with Microsoft and now US and UK going back and forth on this it's a bigger issue than I think a lot of people had anticipated but we'll see what happens when the purchase tries to go through next year or if it ends up in court and it could be like 2026 before the answer is finally you know, resolved but we'll see what happens but it is the video game awards 2022. Beyond all that, and I saw Phil Spencer there, the head of Xbox there, he was kind of looking nervous, and now I know why, because he was, you know, having some other issues to deal with there at Xbox, but Elden Ring is the Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Share us your thoughts out there on Elden Ring becoming the Game Awards Game of the Year for 2022, and also some of the great announcements. Nothing new on Mass Effect, unfortunately. (laughs) Hoping for a little bit more on that. Uh, No... Dragon Age, you know, announcement as far as update on that, or no new uncharted or nothing like that. But obviously a lot of great games that were announced, including a little indie game called Diablo 4, which I know made Melinda really happy. Mm -hmm. She now knows when her life will end outside of the universe and just be right there for you in front of a console playing Diablo 4. And that will be June the 6th. But if you have any great thoughts on the game awards, what was announced and who won, please let us know your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Action Figure Adventure is back with season two, and we're going further than ever before, checking out more toy stores than ever before and seeing more incredible, iconic, and noteworthy pieces than you could possibly imagine. Once again, Jay grapples with how to build the ultimate action figure auction to support critically and terminally ill kids in need. Along the way, we'll chat about holy grail figures, perfect action figures, and showcase some incredible toy collections. Action Figure Adventure season two. 7.30 7:30 PM Eastern on Jinx TV Canada. Well, we're back with the DC Multiverse. It's Melinda Barkhouse Ross and me, Gerald Glassford. Before we head out, we got a couple of great things to go ahead and talk about, including the DC Universe. I don't know if you picked up wind on this today, my friend, but I guess uh, Gal Gadot over the weekend was so excited. You know, the third—it was not third, but it was the anniversary of her being. Um, selected as Wonder Woman her Mm -hmm. being told and announced is that she was going to be Wonder Woman she was so excited to go ahead and share that anniversary on social media and then wouldn't you know she said she was excited for what was to come because she was working with Patty Jenkins on Wonder Woman 3 and wouldn't you know the next day the Hollywood Reporter put out something that a lot of people have now since followed that The current plan for Wonder Woman 3, the script, the plot, everything going into it that has already been done, already written up by Patty Jenkins and already worked on with Gal Gadot, that is out and thrown in the trash can by the DC uh, hierarchy, hierarchy, including James Gunn. They didn't say that Wonder Woman's out for the future. They didn't say Gal Gadot is out for the future, but there was also rumors heavily now that Man of Steel 2 with... Henry Cavill, that now may be in jeopardy as well. A lot of things in the current D.C. lineup may be out as well. A lot of changes will take place. This is something that should have been expected with the new regime wanting a new you know, thing going on within the D.C. universe. Ezra Miller's time after the Flash or whatever it is now, Flashpoint. It actually is the Flash. It was Flashpoint. Now it's the Flash coming out next year. His time is obviously going to be done, from what all we hear as well, for You know the most obvious of reasons, with hell of his trouble. But your thoughts on this? Wonder Woman three in its current form is gone, and it's going to probably be quite a bit before we see a Wonder Woman three, if at all, come to the big screen.
1: Okay. If oh, if a new Wonder Woman does not come out, that is going to be a very incredibly incorrect move to make. I another
0: sign out in front of Warner Brothers.
1: There, a strongly worded email, at least. Okay yeah Um, by a certain
0: canadian we all know and care about
1: (laughs) that's right that's right passive aggression 101 just talk to a canadian we got it but no i i mean it's it's disappointing to hear uh about a wonder woman script you know being completely you know shelved and just a big no written on it you know that that's unfortunate but the last wonder woman movie yeesh you know, it, it, the first one was fantastic. It was so good. And then, you know, it, to follow it up with, uh, that large level of disappointment that a lot of people felt. Um, I, I understand, uh, the apprehension. I, it's really too bad that it's just been noped and put in a corner. Um, that's too bad. But you know, you, you have to look at your, uh, your money-making ventures. If you are James Gunn and you're coming into DC and you're looking at, you know, let's face it, a pretty rough landscape right now. So I'm not surprised to see him wipe the slate clean um, and perhaps start from close to zero uh, with, with everything. um, And you know i i we we talked a lot before Black Adam came out about how Black Adam was going to be the movie that was going to set up a lot of stuff coming up for d c. And the stuff that I briefly read today because uh, I was working on Christmas presents. um but the the stuff that I was reading today led me to believe that James Gunn felt the same way that perhaps Black Adam and some of the stuff that's set up there. Uh, is going to be kind of the, the groundwork for the quote-unquote, and I'm going to say new DC. I don't mean like the next phase or, or anything like that. I just mean DC under James Gunn.
0: Well, keeping The Rock as Black Adam, I think, would be a good move. Mm-hmm. But in its current state, Black Adam, okay, the news on the entertainment front earlier this week was the battle going back and forth on whether or not or how much... Black Adam lost money because some of the reports have Black Adam losing as much as a hundred million dollars in its worldwide run. And then some other reports says that Warner brothers has been able to find a way to go ahead and break even on this. So, which is hard because the movie costs about 150 to $200 million to make and about another, what, 50 to hundred million dollars to go ahead and promote and, I don't know where you're going to find all that money as far as to make a profit because the theater owners actually have to make a cut themselves. So by the time the money comes to Warner Brothers from this, I don't know how much of it is going to be meant to be a profit. But okay, you know, you could swing this any which way you want. It was a disappointment at the box office. Black Adam was any which way you slice. it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, it was it was a movie that was written for fans of Black Adam not necessarily for the casual comic book movie fan I think that they did that purposefully I don't mean they've lost you know 100 million dollars on purpose I just mean that the the content of the film and the way that the story was told um I think was was done deliberately and a film doesn't have to be successful to begin to lay a foundation for something new for a breath of fresh air for a, a revamp or a restart of the dc universe again because let's face it dc it just has had trouble just kind of getting the engine started and getting in the air you know
0: absolutely i mean they're herky jerky all over the place and you've got if i said i've said before about the using the whiteboard scenario where at you go to disney and you go to marvel and you walk in there and you see kevin feige's whiteboard you see it's this nice straight line you see all the connecting of the dots this happens here this happens there this happens here if you were like a fly on the wall and then always if you went to warner brothers and you saw the same whiteboard it'd be like (laughs) erase marks here (laughs) there's erase marks there and like smudges there and stuff all out here and stuff that you thought of and stuff that didn't work because there's been a lot that hasn't worked and a lot of stuff that has worked when it comes to the dc universe i mean what do you do with the joker Because that's supposed to be, you know, with with, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga, that's supposed to be coming out as a musical. How do you tie that into a DC universe? Because the fact it takes place in a different supposed time frame than what's going on in the current DC universe. Aquaman. Aquaman 2 is the sequel that's already in the can, that's already waiting to be released. That is the sequel to a $1 billion movie that's mm-hmm. a great part of the DC universe that you got to keep flowing and that you got to keep going on then you have like Shazam didn't really do well you've got Black Adam you know I don't care which what anybody says it didn't do great then you've got Justice League anything in the Snyderverse is up for question as far as that's concerned because Zack Snyder is long gone they've they've already told him you see you you, you know don't let the door hit you on the way out. And they're trying to go ahead and try and remove all of that Snyderverse from the DC universe, it seems like. And then you've got, uh, you know, other parts of this DC universe that really hasn't meshed well, uh, you know, or at least done. Birds of Prey didn't make money at the box office, but Harley Quinn still wants to go ahead and continue on because she's done well in the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad did well. Peacemaker did well. But other parts of it, you know, it's just it's so hard. It's so difficult because it's not consistent.
1: Yeah, the peaks and valleys are quite far apart. Exactly. Very well said. Yeah. And and I think that that's why you bring in a James Gunn. And that's why you pay him a whole bunch of money. Mm -hmm. And that's why you say you sit him down in a boardroom with three whiteboards and just say, fix it. And that's his job right now. And that's a heck of a job and a heck of a position to be in. And Godspeed, good man, because, whoa. (laughs) There's
0: a lot to go ahead and and digest when it comes to the DC universe as far as making it consistent, making it something that people can follow. I know with the latest phase of Marvel, phase four, I, I don't think that Kevin Feige even himself can say he should be satisfied with the results, both on a critical and also financial basis with that, because maybe people were burnt out, but also the storytelling and the introductions of some of these characters, they were underwhelming for the most part. And and I think a lot of them really just didn't hold an impact. And a lot of people really don't have the type of care that they once did regarding the Marvel universe. But still, you with the Marvel universe, you can still get a Thor that pops out $800 million. You can still get a, a Doctor Strange 2 or that can get, a billion dollars. You can still get a Black Panther Wakanda forever. That can still pop out at 800 to a billion dollars right there for you. So they still have more consistency on what they can produce. There are still Marvel shows that can still grab the Disney plus limelight. I mean, Loki did sensational Hawkeye was sensational. There were still parts of the universe that people are still familiar with and can go ahead and gravitate to. I mean, it's just to me right now, when it comes to DC, I think a lot of changes are going to be made. And unfortunately, Wonder Woman 3 looks like it's going to be one of them.
1: Yeah. And and like I said, you know, that that's incredibly unfortunate because, you know, Wonder Woman is is that one of those characters that, you know, is responsible for bringing a lot of young girls uh, into comics And, and being interested in comics and it's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's really too bad uh, that, you know, this is one of the the movies or one of the projects that, you know, is the first to kind of get, you know, the big no underlined twice and and put on a shelf like that's truly too bad. And I think that um, it's entirely possible that Patty Jenkins learned a lot about you know, I don't want to say movie making, because that just takes away every all of her other accomplishments. But I, I think that it maybe taught her a lot about what expectations are when it comes to Wonder Woman in the kind of movie that people want to see from like a Wonder Woman. So, um, you know, it's entirely possible that this could have been a really great film for Wonder Woman. And now, you know, it's unfortunate that as fans, we will never get to know that answer.
0: Well, we'll see what happens with the DC universe, but it is uh, a lot going on. I will say that the statement made by James Gunn in regards to what true some of it, because he, he said that some of it was true, some of it was not true, and some of it was half truths, and some of it they haven't really figured out yet. So he's only been in the job a month, so I'm going to give him a little bit of slack and a little bit of time to go ahead and figure this stuff out. But as long as Warner Brothers wants to keep on pushing this stuff next year, he's going to have to do it on the fly. And that's a problem. Like, I wish he could get like a year to reset this whole universe. And I think that would probably be better than what we're seeing right now. Because, again, we're going to see stuff released in the DC universe next year that's still going to make it kind of hard for James Gunn to catch up and really go ahead and lay the groundwork for a cohesive DC universe going forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And let's face it: after a month, you're usually just at the point where you figured out where the lunchroom is, and you have finally remembered the name of everybody on your team. You know, like that's that's where you are at a month. Not Hey, uh, to make- Joe. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, Joe. That's right.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you're you're not in in a situation where you're you know you're trying to make billion dollar decisions, but yeah. that's where he is. My gosh, can you imagine the stress? I wonder how many ulcers he has.
0: I don't know but you know the white hair he's already got it so <laughs> yeah right. all wow. he does I wonder what his brother is saying to him right now because you know his brother works on him on his movies worked on him with Guardians of the Galaxy this latest holiday special he was he was part of it and got obviously GOTG3 is coming up for Marvel next year I wonder if he's going to help him out with this project as well with the DC universe that'd be interesting to see what he could provide as well
1: yeah, well, you see the the thing about Or even if who, it's
0: just like he gives his brother a hug. Uh, I yeah. know you're stressed out with the DC <laughs> universe, bro.
1: Right? Yeah, but I I think what you do is when you when you move uh into a position like this, uh you pluck as many of your uh A team to have them come with you as possible people that you've worked with and had major successes with before, uh, you know, teams that you can trust and and people who understand your vision and your, your method, your methodology. Is that the word? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I think that, uh, there is probably some of that going on or, you know, even trying to figure out who, once you have remembered everybody's name, who on your team is the going to be the cream to rise to the top, to really be able to help you, figure all of this out because like you said it's a big old ball of yarn that needs to be untangled
0: joe yeah yeah i just yeah i got you man you're good at what you do you're gonna help me go ahead and untangle this dc universe for we're gonna go ahead and work on it together okay joe okay all right there you go all right, and Joe's feeling all important as he walks away. Oh, the boss remembered me. I'm all set. <laughs> I'm going to well work this out with the DC universe. All, all right. right. Yes, he little little does he know if it goes bad, Joe is the one that's going to be blamed. But you know,
1: of course, that's usually how it goes, right? It all rolls downhill.
0: That always does, indeed. But what are your thoughts out there on the future of the DC universe? Hearing that the current I guess, uh, formation of Wonder Woman 3 and what it was planned out to be has been scrapped and possibility of Man of Steel 2 has been scrapped and the future of the DC Universe is being changed by James Gunn among the individuals that are now in charge at the DC Universe. So what are your thoughts on the changing DC Universe? Please let us know your thoughts. BobCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. But before we head on out, it's the second part of our holiday gift guide. I've got something a little nifty right here, but that's at the very end we got to go ahead and prioritize you and all the hard work that you've done on this. So right now I want to present to everyone out there, the pop culture cosmos holiday gift guide part two with Melinda Barkhouse Ross and her thoughts for
1: gifts that you need for the pop culture fan in your life. All right. So my list uh, this year focuses mainly on people who are serious. And I'm underlining that twice serious Uh, about getting into streaming and uh, you know whether you're doing a tabletop live stream or you are streaming yourself playing some call of duty or whatever the case is
0: who ever thought of that
1: yeah that even that's really kind of what i focused my list on this year so um there are yeah i don't know who would want to get into that who is crazy enough that's crazy but One thing that we have run into now that, so with Vampires and Vitae, right, we have Margie, who's a big piece of the puzzle. Her job moved her to Ireland recently, and we've been playing remotely with Margie in Ireland on Sundays with her, you know, joining us. But one of the real challenges that we've had is to have Margie still feel like she's sitting at the table with us. Because right now, all she has is the usual uh, laptop camera that she gets to look down the table, and she can't. She can barely see Robbie's face when when Robbie is trying to, you know, engage her and, and bring her into the game. Mm-hmm. So, a solution that was brought up to us is a pricey one. I don't know that we're going to be able to swing it. I know there are cheaper options out there, mm-hmm. but we're talking Christmas, and we are talking the time of year to maybe put something on your list that might be excessively, not say excessively expensive, but more expensive than a gift that you would typically ask for. Right. And, uh, I'm going to, uh, put this one out there. It's called the meeting owl and it's a 1080p HD camera, 360 degree view. So what you have is you have a whole bunch of people sitting around a table. It's really made for people who are in like a boardroom meeting with somebody joining remotely. And what happens is you set this little camera on the middle. it looks like an owl uh-huh. and it offers you two views. You can do one, which is a panoramic of the entire room that kind of goes across the top of your computer screen. Uh-huh. or you can activate it so when somebody is talking, the camera f- turns around and focuses on the one person that's talking and then somebody else talks and it flips around again and it moves to the next person who's talking. What I liked about it was that it doesn't show the spinning, Mm-hmm. It just cuts to the next person instead of showing the the flip around, because you get a little bit, I think, motion sick if you were watching that. Of course, for, you know, two and a half, three hours. Now, this is the most expensive item on my list. It comes in at just over a thousand dollars. No problem. I mean, it it's it's a heck of a camera. Please check out their website. Uh, they do have one. It's called Meeting Owl. Again, it's a 360 view camera. It is USB C uh, connection. And it is ridiculously cool. And, you know, it would be very handy specifically if you're in a situation like Vampires and Vitae is where we have somebody who is dialing in remotely. And we don't really have the correct answer to really bring her in and really make that person who is remote feel uh, like they are still sitting at the table with us. I think this camera is going to be uh, the answer for that kind of situation. Next up. There's a ton of really great USB microphones out there now. Uh-huh. But if you wanted to get to the next level uh-huh. in stuff, you may want to invest in a soundboard. And I personally have the Rodecaster Pro. It's the first edition one. I've had it for about four years now. And it works like a charm. You plug it in and it works. That's uh-huh. That's it. You plug it in, it works you're able to record a record a, con, uh, a podcast. You don't have to have a whole lot of audio technical knowledge nothing like that. It's plug and play. They've released a second edition. So everything about the Roadcaster Pro that I love, they've kind of taken and improved a little bit more on with the new one. It still has four microphone inputs, one computer input Uh, A phone channel still has the Bluetooth connectivity, still has all of the sound pads, and they've added a couple of new bells and whistles, some new drivers, uh, that kind of thing to it. That one, uh, again, it's on the pricier side. You're looking anywhere between $650 and $700 for the unit itself, uh, and then you still have to buy your microphones. Now, the microphones are going to be three-prong microphone cords, not a USB so, you know, that's something that you need to keep in mind because you will have to buy a uh, microphone. I use the pod mics, which are designed specifically to work with the um, Rodecaster Pro. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to be very compatible with the Rodecaster Pro too. Moving on to cameras. Uh, we use the Elgato FaceCam um, and they have released the Elgato FaceCam Pro. Mm-hmm. So it has uh, better zoom, better pan, better tilt. One thing that I did notice with, the face cam from Elgato was that when you do zoom in, you do start to get a lot of uh, not pixelation, but you get a lot of noise and the Elgato FaceCam Pro solves a lot of that. It has a bigger sensor in the camera. So it, it's able to pick up more light in the room, which helps to keep things nice and noise free and all of that kind of thing. That one coming in at about $299. And if you're just doing a one camera setup, there you go. You're all set. One thing about the Elgato cameras though, is that they do not include audio. They've focused solely on video with these cameras. And that's why they're so good because you don't have all of the audio stuff taking up room inside of the camera itself. Mm-hmm. It's all about video and it's all about frame rates and, and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, it's really good. And along with the original face cam, you're still able to adjust your ISO, your shutter speed, your white balance, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, very good cameras. Absolutely get those. I recommend a D&D Beyond subscription if you want a gift to somebody who is perhaps getting into D&D, wants to start being a DM. D&D Beyond has been a god save uh, for myself, in particular for the Wild Beyond the Witchlight. I use it all of the time, and I renew my subscription every year. Christmas Day. Oh, right, Robbie, you forgot. There's one more present you got to get for me. It's my D&D Beyond subscription. I can't say enough good stuff about it. I, I really like the platform. I like the interface. It's now officially purchased by Wizards of the Coast. Uh, and I know that they are working on their own kind of virtual tabletop system. The D&D
0: One, I think. Is yeah, right.
1: I, I think it's all kind of tied into all of yep. that. So, one absolutely. D&D to rule them all. Yeah, so uh, it's it's definitely worth the price, is what I'm trying to tell you. And of course, if you do get the D and D Beyond subscription, make sure you get the digital copy of Shadow of the Dragon Queen, which just released this week. Uh, definitely a good one. If you are looking for a virtual tabletop, I can't recommend Foundry enough. It's what we use. Be forewarned, you do need to know stuff about computers in order to use Foundry to its full potential. I do not. And we do run into problems with Foundry from time to time. There are updates that come out and sometimes it doesn't work correctly with all of the modules that we have installed and we've got to turn a bunch of stuff off. And, you know, it, it, it can be laborious, I think is the word I want to use. Uh, it can yeah. be labor intensive sometimes. But they do have a great community full of people on uh, Discord and other places uh, that you can turn to to ask questions to. And uh, everybody is willing to help out. So that's really great. Um, and I think it's 50 bucks. You pay it once a year to get a new key for the software. And uh, it, you know, it's, it's really great. Slick, slick, slick stuff. DD Monopoly, go and get it. It's really funny. And it's really fun. And you're going to end up um, with some new DD minis to use during your game, on your grid, on your maps. (laughs) You just take your tokens out of your Monopoly game. I discovered that little cheat and I thought it was quite fun. So yeah, do recommend 10 out of 10. I'm going to talk about Etsy for a minute and all of the indie dice makers out there. They are getting very, very clever. Uh, they have liquid core dice so you roll the dice and the inside of the dice is liquid so you get this beautiful sheen of glitter and pearlescence and stuff inside of the dice very impressive too when you roll them on the table everybody's like what is that can we see that dice but you know you can also get semi precious stuff like they have amethyst amethyst dice obsidian dice opalite Uh, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, Very, very pretty and reasonably priced as well. So make sure you check that out on Etsy. And going over to stuff that you can get on Amazon, there's some lighting that I want to talk about because I'm obsessed with lights. I'm sure you've seen them. They're the very, very thin lights that you put right in the corner. They're LED and then you can set like three different colors in the lights. The reason why I really like these is I have it in my head that I'd be able to put one like at the corner of the backdrop and it's going to send lights down the backdrop just to make a little more interest in the background of uh, the live stream. So perhaps two of those would work well for somebody on your Christmas list. If not, there's this company, they're called, I think it's Govee or Govee, G-O-V-E-E. And they have a neon rope light. Basically it's an LED strip light. But what's really cool is they have this like, ultra diffusion that goes along the top of the light, So you don't just get those little beads of bright light behind you. It's this beautiful diffused light that runs along the whole strip. Um, it just kind of elevates um, everything in your background and uh, definitely worth a look. And right now they are on sale on Amazon and it will arrive by Christmas if you want to order it uh, right now. I believe it's like $15 off or something like that. If you want to look it up on Amazon. That's my I, list.
0: Well, that's a great list. Uh, and if you have any <laughs> questions, please go ahead uh, let us know. PopcultureCospital at Yahoo.com. I want to add one thing I showed you before we went on the air. That was the Bauer Smart Photographer Series Content Creator Studio Kit that is being sold at Walmart. Uh, yeah. That's a, 16-inch ring light that is actually uh, goes with different colors. It does go rainbow colors if you choose to, or just a solid white light. It has a 62-inch extendable tripod, a 5-by-7-foot green screen with clamps, and a table tripod all in one. It includes white light modes and a remote control to go RGB as far as the different colors for the lighting is concerned. All of that for $35. So if you're doing it on a budget... And you don't have the thousands of dollars here or the hundreds of dollars there. And you just want to get started and you have just a smartphone or a basic camera set up right there. That, I think, is a great way to start off as far as making sure that you can go ahead and present yourself on a streaming platform very well. I think it really, if you utilize it right, I think it's a great value at $35.
1: But that's where we started with Vampires VTA. We had one webcam. Uh, I think it was like $50 and we had two cell phones and one of the cell phones we borrowed from one of our players when they arrived at the house and turn it into our camera. The stuff that I was talking about is like not stuff that you have to have. This is like the the good stuff that you can upgrade to or the, the stuff to try to maybe get one piece here and one piece there. Just something to keep you motivated always trying to in- improve your your stream. You know, that's really the fun part, I think, of all of this stuff is finding new and interesting tech pieces to add to your gear. It's it's really fun. And I, I really can't recommend getting into it enough. So, you know, everybody starts somewhere. The important part is to just go ahead and get started.
0: Once again, it's the Pop Culture Cosmos bringing you the greatest in holiday gifts right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So from Melinda Barkhouse-Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day of paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great